What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. God bless. Dave Nelson here. We are going to go ahead and do kind of another impromptu reading of the book of 1 Corinthians. So if you are in a position where you can do so, grab your Bible, uh, open it up to the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. We have taken a look at the first four or five chapters, I believe. Um, now, yeah, five chapters of First uh, Corinthians. And um, now I'm going to go ahead and take a look at chapter six. But I'm going to go back and re read to you. Mm, I guess I'll start reading in verse 11 of chapter four, and then I'll go, or chapter five, excuse me. And then I'll go ahead and jump on into chapter six. But uh, in verse 11, the Apostle Paul is continuing to instruct and correct and rebuke, rebuke whatever is necessary for these Corinthian believers, these believers in Jesus that lived in the city of Corinth. And um, he is, uh, in verse 11, he says, But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. And I talked about that in our last study um, when we looked at chapter five there. But he goes on in verse 12, for what have I to do with judging those who are also who are outside? He said, do you not judge those who are inside? And that's what he was stressing with the believers here. Take care of what's going on amongst you. Pay attention to what's going on amongst you. It's not about, you know, what's going on out there in the world. You know, yeah, the world's full of problems and always will be. We're going to have those problems in this world always. But when it comes to people of God, to people that have been born again of the spirit, people who have Jesus Christ as their king, as their Lord, as their master, they are servants of him. We should be behaving differently um, and we should be dealing with things in a different matter, not allowing sin in our midst. And that's what we discussed in chapter five. So he's talking about, you know, he's not talking about judging people that are out there in the world. He's talking about making sure that we do what's right within the body of Christ, you know. And in verse 13, he says, but those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away yourselves from the evil person. Now, as we go on into chapter six here, he's kind of going to kind of keep with this theme, the apostle Paul here in this letter, what he's talking about here. He says, dare any of you have a matter against another go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints do you not know that the saints will judge the world and if the world will, will be judged by you are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters do you not know that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life if then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame, to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? Brother, but brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. Now therefore, it is already an utter failure for you 
that you go to law against one another? Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated, Paul says? No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. Okay, so I'm going to pause right there and just kind of comment a little bit. He's saying, don't take this out there before the world. You should be wise enough as Christians amongst ourselves. We should be wise enough to work something out. And someone should be humble enough to say, you know what, I'm just going to let myself be defrauded. You know, if you think about it, if you truly are a follower of Christ, remember, he, he supplies all of our needs. You know, now I've talked about this in time past. He's not going to, you know, supply for your greeds, but he is going to supply for your needs. He's going to take care of you, food, clothing, shelter, these things we, we are to be content with, the Bible tells us. And that's what God desires. So why do we fuss and fight amongst each other? Why do we, you know, go after one another within the body of Christ? And why would we ever take one brother, one Christian to court in front of the ungodly people of the world? That's what Paul's saying here. Why are you going to do that? Keep this amongst yourselves. Don't you know what you're going to be doing in, in the future? You know, don't you know how God has set things up for, for you to be? And, uh, but look what he says in verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. You know, it's unfortunate, but I think many Christians are deceived today in regards to this. And there in verse nine, Paul says, do not be deceived. I think many Christians believe today that there are fornicators and adulterers and homosexuals, sodomites, idolaters, all these things that Paul lists here, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. They believe somehow, you know, this scripture here doesn't apply to modern day Christianity. And they believe that these people will inherit the kingdom of God. Well, we can't just pick and choose from scriptures. Like I've mentioned in previous studies, the word of God hits us hard. And this is factual, folks. That's why it's important that the truth be taught, that the truth be known as it pertains to eternal life. Okay, and but look what he says in verse 11, and such were some of you. Again, we can't act like we've never been there, done that. We can't act like we've never been a reviler or a drunkard or a, you know, a, a fornicator. Somewhere in your life, in my life, I fit into that category, right? So we were like that, but what happened? Well, verse 11 continues and says, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So Paul's saying, this is not you anymore. Okay. All things, Paul says, are lawful to me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. 
foods for the stomach and, and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but the Lord and the Lord for the body. Remember, that's what we were addre- addressing in chapter five, the sexual immorality that was going on in the church. And he says, don't be deceived. These fornicators and adulterers and stuff, they're not going to enter the kingdom of God. Don't, don't be deceived by that. Okay. So he's, he's coming down hard. He's, he's staying on the topic here of this sexual immorality, right? But he's telling them, hey, deal with all these problems you got in your, in, in your midst, for one, in the church, in your gathering of believers and such. Deal with these problems and deal with them in the right way. Take care of it swiftly. Do what's right. Turn this person over to Satan. Don't take your stuff before the world out there and let them judge. You should be wise enough to deal with these kind of things on your own. That's what this letter is all, well, this section of the letter is all about anyway. And he says, and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. He says, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking forward to as Christians. Not what we have here in this life. Unfortunately, though, there is a brand of Christianity today strongly promoted that is looking for all that it can get now. I've talked about this in the last couple of teachings or one of them anyway, where it's about your best life now. It's about being all you can be, having all you can have, grabbing all you can get, retiring inspired and and all of this kind of stuff. When the Bible and the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of his apostles have nothing to do with that. It's about humbling yourself. It's about him increasing and you decreasing and you trusting in him and just trusting in and being content with what he provides what he provides for you, not striving for him, not being covetous, right? Not being an idolater, not being envy of what envious of what other people have. Okay, but he's continuing on with this topic here of the sexual immorality. And, um, you know, he says in verse 15, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall, how shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? Certainly not. Okay. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Here we get an indication of what it really means for a husband and wife when the two shall become one. We get an idea here of how that happens, when that happens. It happens when you come together in a sexual union with one another, the male and the female, when they're married, okay? And that's what keeps you from being a harlot. That's what keeps you from being, for a male, a whoremonger, right? A bedchamber, someone that's jumping from bed to bed. This is not not the person that enters the kingdom of God, folks. There's, there's There's a pure way that God has made for, for sex, as between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. And, and they come together, they join together as one, right? And you can't be going out doing that with others, becoming one 
with all of them. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him, Paul says in verse 17. So are you joined to the Lord today? I'm going to go ahead and finish this chapter out here in just a minute. But if you're joined with the Lord, then you're one spirit with him. And how you live matters. What you're doing matters. So we can't take the Lord and and join him with our sexual immorality, our covetousness, our drunkenness, right? We're called to be holy. We are called to be set apart as believers in Jesus. He says in verse 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? He says, don't you know this? You don't belong to yourself. You belong to the Lord if you've given your life to him, if you've been born again. I keep you know, uh, saying that if because I never know who comes upon these teachings like this. You know, maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe you've never known or heard that there's a need for repentance and to be born again. So I'm careful as to who I'm speaking to here, right? Flee from sexual immorality, verse 18. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So, Again, just re-stressing that to you, reading those verses to you there and reminding you again that this is what the scriptures say. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God. We belong to God for you were bought with a price, verse 20 says. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Everything about you, if you've come to the Lord, is God's. You've surrendered all. You've given up your entire life, all rights to everything. You've given it all to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll go ahead and stop here for right now. And uh, we'll come back and take a look at chapter seven uh, in our next study. But God bless. Appreciate you being here. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.